Speak of the Devil and Carl Anker will appear. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem. Hello and welcome back to a special bonus edition of Talk the Devils. It's your brand new Manchester United themed podcast on The Athletic. And oh, for the love of Burnley, really, really, Burnley, at home. What on earth is going on? I'm joined here by Laurie Whitwell, our very, well, my friend who's in a very bad place right now because he's having to watch Manchester United games in his midweek. Laurie, how are you doing? I'm all right, Carl. I'm okay. You sound, you know, despondent a little bit, which I can understand, but um, yeah, uh, it's been better. <laughs> I've just been reading the headline for your piece, your uh, match debrief, describing the game uh, like a match dropped on some gasoline. It was a really um, sort of strange atmosphere. For the first time, um, the Glazers um, got a specific chant in terms of "Stand up if you hate them," uh, which was, um, you know, usually in the, in the past it used to be "Stand up for the champions," and that's when Solskjaer was playing. But this one was much more vitriolic, and it spread, you know, um, sort of like wildfire. Started in the in the singing section in the Red Army section, Stretford End, and then you know, but spread out into the South Stand, North Stand, and, and all the way around the the, tra- the stadium. So, it was a that's the first time that's happened. It felt pretty significant. Um, we've obviously had the Ed Woodward chants before, the bonfires um, that have been sung about, and, and they got an airing again as well. This time, Ed Woodward wasn't in the stands. He's away on uh, club business that was pre-arranged, um, so it's not uh, a case of him sort of feeling like the, the atmosphere was going to turn that way and kind of wanting to avoid it. Um, we hope, I guess, that it's um, transfer business because the signings are absolutely essential. But yeah, it was a very, very peculiar atmosphere. And then as the result became crystal clear, you know, 2-0, United never really came back into it. The stadium started to empty and I've never seen um, Old Trafford as empty as it was at the final whistle. The kind of hope had gone. It sort of had turned from animosity to, to antipathy. And that, I think, was quite a sad reflection of where United are at right now. What can they realistically hope for for the rest of the season? This is their fifth defeat since December, as Andy Mitten tweeted after the game. They look far and away from any of their major rivals. And and if the chants now are about the Glazers and the, and the ownership, do you think there is any way this can be resolved in the near future? This tension between the fan base and and the football club? It's a good question. I mean, I think that's probably here to stay. It, it, you know, it's really always been there since since they took over with the leverage buyout. You know, the way that that happened um, caused uh, big protests at the time, um, a lot of unrest. It's it's been kind of um, I suppose hidden away with the various uh, peaks of, of, of sort of success. You know, obviously Ferguson kept it at bay for a long time, and then the various trophies that they've had have, have kind of seen it dwindle a little bit. But I think now with the prospect of you know, the United not really getting back to where they hope to be with the lack of, um, you know, really consistent investment with the lack of coordination in terms of the structure and recruitment. Um, I think clearly this animosity between the owners and the fans is, is going to sustain. Um, I think the, the problem, the immediate problem is the fact that Marcus Rashford being out injured has sort of shown up United's attack to be as light as it is. And it's difficult really to see you know, matches that are going to be easily won now. Um, and, you know, 34 points from 24 games is, you know, a very, very Ugh. low total. <laughs> I can hear the disgust in your voice. I mean, it's actually six points lower than uh, David Moyes had at this stage. Um, and obviously we know what, what happened there. So, uh, and I'd, I'd fear it could, it could get worse, you know. I, I, there wasn't really... There wasn't really the the wave of attacks that you might anticipate. You know, if United are two 0 down at home to a team like Burnley, you'd think they would have some uh, something about them. But actually, Solskjaer, the substitutions that he made, really, he didn't have a great deal of, 
of, of options, but um, you know, obviously sent on Mason Greenwood at half time. And then Jesse Lingard, and he, he substituted Brandon Williams for, for Luke Shaw, you know, left back for left back, which I guess is kind of curious. But then again, you know, there weren't really a, an abundance of options. Angel Gomez perhaps might have been one on the bench to, to throw on, but it was it's not it's a it's a indictment of, of the recruitment strategy really. So obviously there, there were anti Glazer chants. Do you think there's rising fan animosity towards the manager at the moment? No, to be fair, um, they actually sung his name. Uh, it was sort of quite pointed that um, you know the the Sunshine song came out, the Ole song came out. I think they wanted to make the point that very much they see the issues at United as being the responsibility of the Glazer family and, and Edward Wood uh, over the last six and a half years, much rather than than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I guess people will always debate whether he is the right manager for the club because of where he came from um, with his history and the fact that since he's been appointed manager, uh, permanent manager, that the, you know, I think it's 11 wins and 12 defeats in the Premier League, which is, Oof. you know, f- for all for all the talk of, of a rebuild, you just can't have figures like that as a Manchester United manager. So, uh, but, but as far as the match going fans are concerned, it does seem that they are, you know, sticking with him, that they can understand what he's trying to do, whether or not he's he's got the skills and the the aura and the the know how to do that in the climate of what is uh, a Manchester United, you know, structure right now. You know, remains to be seen. Well, it, it belie- well from from what I understand and from what you've written, it seems as if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be remaining in his position as Manchester United manager after the match. You of course do the post match press conferences. We have a little bit of audio from that press conference now. At the end, you, you do feel uh, disillusioned, as you say, because maybe maybe they do. Because, uh, uh, but for us, uh, we just got to stick to our values, stick to our beliefs. I'm knowing that there's no use feeling sorry for yourself. You've got to go out there with the same commitment. I wouldn't say today was a fair reflection on this group uh, of uh, the season they've been through. They've done. They've done fantastic at times. Of course, today is a. I can't sit here and uh, do anything but uh, hold my hands up and say that's not good enough for Man United. A very frank and candid press conference from Onigon Social there. Laurie, please help me. You were in the room with Onigon Social after that game. How did he come across face to face? It was. It, it did feel. Um, quite significantly down from from previous uh, times when when he's coming after defeat um, I think it was very difficult to spin that one any other way really you know um, obviously the Liverpool game at the weekend they are you know far and away the best team in the country perhaps even the world uh, so you can you can spin that one in a, in a more um, sort of positive way in the sense of you know the, the performance wasn't wasn't that bad the, this is now Burnley a team that hadn't won at Old Trafford since 1962 and um, just the, the the hope had sort of dwindled. So I think Solskjaer, I can understand why he spoke about disillusionment. I think he sort of slightly corrected himself. He, um, I think he originally uh, was trying to say that the fans, he could understand the fans feeling disillusioned. Um, and but when he when he said it, it sort of felt like he could fit, he himself was feeling disillusioned. Which as a as a manager, you can never admit to. You know, you have to be positive and, and keep driving forward. So, but it was it did feel very flat. And and you know it. it I wonder if that was, uh, you know, a significant moment. But um, I've spoken to the club today. Um, they are, as usual, um, 
you know, sticking by their manager. They, they, there's no change to that. You know, they've been consistent in that message since he was made permanent manager. Um, the stuff that he's doing behind the scenes in terms of the the, the culture, because we, I do think we do have to go back to the uh, manner that Jose Mourinho left the club. It, it was rock bottom. You know, the the way that he manages is very much for the here and now, with no particular thought for years to come. But Solskjaer is trying to amend that. So in terms of the values that they speak of, you know, I, I guess you know we, we only see in time. But you know, the youth that he has brought through is given chances to, to these players, and you know, some will clearly go on and be good players for Manchester United. So um, I think they're they're all things that do count for him. And as I say, that the, the club are um, sticking by him. Um, it's now, I guess, you know, in, in the immediate future, it's, it's signings because clearly this squad will continue to fragment um, towards the end of the season without an impetus um, and I guess that's what Edward Wood is, is a way of doing. When we talk about signings, are there? do you have any transfer news? Bruno Fernandes is still in the air. Is is there any likelihood this is happening or is this very much another Nicholas Gaitan slash Wesley Snyder situation? <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, the fact that, you know, it, it is... There is clear word from United that, that there are talks ongoing is you know a good sign. Clearly, um, they're way apart on valuation still. I mean, I did make a check on that, but then I do speak to other people and they are they're sort of hearing signs that they're confident of two signings. So, still, you know, in this in this late stage, um, yeah, I guess time will tell. Um, the only thing is, as you say, it ne- there needs there needs to be signings. I mean, it, it can't go on like this. Um, I mean, I saw Carlos Tevez uh, got brought up, but <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I think maybe you know, maybe if it was two thousand and nine, you know, maybe that would be a, a good signing at thirty five. You know, currently in Boca Juniors, I think we could part that one in the in the not going to happen pile. But um, something needs to happen because otherwise, I think we'll see more occasions like we did against Burnley. Uh, do we have any update on Marcus Rashford and his injury uh, at the moment? Yes, yeah, sorry. So uh, after our last podcast, obviously, um, uh, I spoke about what Solskjaer had said in, in the press conference, had an update, the fact that he is um, confident of being fit for the running. Um, the fears, I suppose, sparked by Robin Van Persie's um, prognosis when he talked about being out for four months um, and Jamie O'Hara's um, sort of description sort of presented a few fears that perhaps Rashford would, would not be seen again before the end of the season. Um, but he's very much, the, the latest news, so I think there's been more scanned, He's very much going to be fit for the for the running, so uh, at least that's some kind of hope. Um, he's a very fit boy, quick healer. Um, I suppose we just hope he doesn't rush himself back, you know, too quickly. But at the same time, I think they know what they're doing in that in that front, um, and and yeah, I think he'd be fine for the Euros, no problem. Uh, talking about another player who was injured and having questionable conversation about whether or not they'll return. It's another edition of Pogba Watch. <sighs> Jason McAteer discussing him on being sports about how he's a bad influence in the dressing room. How is Paul Pogba a bad influence and not currently in the dressing room at the moment? Or is that why? Um, what are your thoughts here? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it was an odd time to, to bring up Paul Pogba. I wouldn't really go along with that, um, you know, uh, view that uh, you know he didn't he didn't didn't have anything to do with the, the defeat last night and, and the larger problems at United. Um, I suppose ultimately he he is symptomatic of of where United are at in that they um, obviously have paid a lot of money for him and the um, the balance between commercial and sporting is tipped in in such a way that um, a player of that standing does have significant influence at the club because he's got you know 30 odd million instagram followers because he's um so 
public uh, socially um, on social media. Um, and, and obviously, he's United's best player, without a doubt. You know, I think we saw it in those glimpses when he came back for a couple of games that he makes things happen on the pitch. Um, I suppose, you know, what Jason McAteer might be getting at is that is he is he seen to be doing absolutely everything for, for Manchester United? You can't really honestly say yes because um, you know we, we we saw, for example, Marcus Rashford tweet about the fact he's going to be in team meetings, you know, non-stop. Um, he'll, he'll be around the place. Pogba's affiliation with United feels a little bit looser, but he said he wants to go. So, you know, really, I think United should, you know, uh, cut the losses, sell him, try and get the money in, and and, and put it back in to, to to bring in players who want to play for United. Um, I, I wouldn't lay the blame for uh, United's woes at the feet of Paul Pogba, though. Of course, and very interesting. You say players who want to play for Manchester United, Laurie. Let's be really honest here. At the current time of writing matches in like the fifth place they don't really have a chance of competing in the Champions League the best chance right now is via the domestic cups they're looking to get knocked out of the League Cup by Manchester City oh my goodness that's hard to say <laughs> and we still don't know who they're going to play in the FA Cup this weekend depending on one of Watford or Tranmere in the game this week right now Laurie tell me if you're a football player why would you want to play for Manchester United very, very good question, and and that's kind of what I fear in the Bruno Fernandes situation because you know when when this sort of started, it felt like he would be entering a team that could spring forward. You know that he'd have players to bounce off. If he comes into it now, you wonder how it's going to fit together. You wonder if he's going to get sucked down by the, the the sort of atmosphere around the place. It's obviously on, up to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to make sure that isn't the case and, and that the the general mood around Carrington and, and the club is is positive. Um, but we've seen it before where players have come to United and and regress. So yeah, it's 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 a hard sell. I mean, I guess they just have to they have to be smarter, they have to be shrewder, they have to find these players that aren't necessarily fully established but they're on an upward trajectory. I mean, it's probably sacrilege to say in Manchester United, but you only have to look at Leicester and the recruitment they've had there and the way that players they've they've bought you know that weren't necessarily heralded have gone on to to be to be better to to uh, have improved you know uh, under uh, at the club and and clearly United would definitely take quite a few of those players right now so they need to be smarter I think yeah it's almost as if Manchester United needed a director of football it is it's almost <laughs> as if Manchester United needed a director of football imagine that uh, uh, please give me something good to, and the listeners good to take away from this podcast right now things are looking bad they've lost to Burnley. Anything is Scott McTominay coming back to fitness? That's a bizarre sentence to say, isn't it? Well, well, Scott McTominay was um, at Old Trafford last night, so there we go. You know, in terms of what I mean about having players that want to play for you, Scott McTominay's commitment is absolutely, um, you know, faultless. So he was there. You know, I've said to. Um, Believe, believe it look crestfallen after the game so you know it's, it hurts for him um, I think you look at um, Brandon Williams and I know you know United lost but again it wasn't it was, it was a pretty good game for him uh, and I noticed that he's in I think uh, who scored have done some ratings on um, top 25 um, teenagers in Europe and, and he's in that in that list he's the only Premier League player in that list so clearly they've got you know a little gem there um, he, he absolutely adores Manchester United so and you've got Mason Greenwood as well who um, clearly has special quality about him there are there are elements there that people can latch onto and get behind um so i think stick stick with it certainly you know um it's just it's just, it's just hard i mean i don't know the answers really i mean we've been saying this for quite a while i mean worst come to worst we still have the fantastic 4.9 rated manchester united app on the app store another defeat 
a season that can be reasonably written off as a write-off. And, and a situation right now where the manager's job seems now to just absorb a lot of flack while the beginnings of a long-term reboot can be had with no signs of whether or not with no sign of what that reboot will look like. Will Manchester United reinvent themselves as a high-pressing side? Will Manchester United reinvent themselves as a side that wants to play direct football? Will Manchester United reinvent themselves as a side that's completely changed the bag a la Juventus? Where is the director of football? Laurie, thank you so much for, for helping me make sense of what's going on at this club, um, this very, very unserious footballing-adjacent institution that somehow desert, wants to make money without understanding that winning football games is quite important. But you're doing your best and you're going to help us throughout the rest of the end of this season. So thank you very much. Cheers, Carl. <laughs> and you, dear listener, thank you again for listening to us and helping me try and make sense of everything that's going on here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk of the Devils podcast. It's the new Manchester United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Don't forget, you can subscribe to The Athletic to hear this show and many others. And you can sign up right now for a 40% discount using the promo code UNITEDPOD. Our show will be available for free via the usual podcast providers. But obviously, we want you in the app so you can enjoy an array of uh, written articles, especially from Laura, who is doing a phenomenal job finding out everything about Manchester United. I'm finding so many things out about this club including uh, eventually where, where this director of football is. But that's a story for another day. We'll be back next week or perhaps the next time things fall apart at Manchester United. Speak of the Devils and Carl Anker will appear. It's been a great episode. Take care.